it is time for the three favorite words in Blue Water Baptist history. It's catechism time. Wow, just walking gets that. <laughs> okay, it's uh, catechism. Um, catechism is good in that it forces us to look at stuff that would take us years to get through by week by week preaching through various books. So, um, and we're taking full on advantage because Tim and Scott haven't put a limit on how long this is going to take yet. So in this particular question, for instance, is, is a very concise summary of a whole bunch of stuff about God that has, has consumed volumes. There is no other book on earth that has produced these many writings and books and um, essays, whatever, on it. There's, you couldn't be, begin to hold the books that have been produced commenting on the Bible, which only speaks to how profound and the depth of the wisdom inside of it. I mean, we always say that the gospel can be understood as simple for a child, and yet a scholar could exhaust his whole career and barely scratch the surface. And so all we got is one question in catechism, and we're going to try to squeeze every single word out of this one before we move on. So, question six, what is God? Answer, God is spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being. He is wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. And we're just looking at power today. When we talk about God's power, we're talking about the fact that he is omnipotent. The Bible talks about that. Revelation 19, the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Or Daniel 4, he does what he wants in the hosts of heaven and the inhabitants of earth, and none can stay his hand or say, why did you do this? The Bible is so full of commentary. This thing's here now, and I'll be leaning on it and slouching on it the whole time. The Bible is full from one end to the other of passages that highlight the fact that God is all-powerful, God is omnipotent, and God does what he wants in the earth, and no one can tell him you can't. The Children's Catechism defines God's power like this. Question 13, can God do all things? And the answer is, Yes, God can do all his holy will. So, God does whatever he wants based on what he's decided he's going to do. God's power is intimately connected with his wisdom and with his will. God can and will do everything that he wants. Everything according to his will will be accomplished invariably, and there is no one that can prevent or stop that. Period. So, um, this is a gigantic topic. To, can I get three and a half minutes left? Okay, so let's look at this. So, what about what we do? What about the things that we decide? Have we not heard, you know, people say that God will not violate your will and stuff like that? Have you ever heard that before? Well, that's sort of true. 
You know how in uh, Jesus says that the Son of Man goes as was planned, right? The crucifixion. But woe to him who betrays him. So, there is no way the crucifixion would not take place. It was planned before the creation of the world. In fact, there's no other possible way to look at it and be consistent with the Bible that God planned and effected the crucifixion. It's not that the crucifixion sort of came up and surprised him and then he, you know, pulled a rabbit out of the hat and made something good out of it. No, God surely planned it and surely implemented it, and yet he holds responsible those who did it. Get, did it. Do you get the tension? So there's this thing theologians call concurrence. Concurrence is the idea that even though God made the world to operate in a certain way, it's not like he just wound it up and let it run. And once in a blue moon, if we get in trouble, we pray real hard, and he comes in and intervenes and does stuff to fix it. No, God's intimately connected, even though he made the world to run in a certain way. So if you look at the inanimate, so to speak, the non-sentient world, you know, it's natural to think that rain comes and the sun's going to rise the next day and all that. Everybody knows that. That's the way the universe works. But at the same time, the Bible says God sends the rain. Or the animals. The lion goes out and kills something and eats it. Because that's what lions do, and they were endowed with this power to do it, and that's how they operate. Yet God says he feeds the lions. And when it comes to people, it's like there's a passage in Hebrews 1 where it says, Jesus upholds everything by the word of his power. So even though God made us as sentient beings who make choices and, and do things, and yet we can't even breathe unless God is actually active and with upholding us in this life. If decided not to, we would stop making our next breath. We would be done. So in what way are we actually making um, changes to the, to the operation of the universe? We can't even rebel against God unless he holds us up. Right? And think about how this works. That, you know, you think when, in, when Jesus talks to the, the Pharisees and he says, you always refuse me. Or Paul says in Romans 1, when God leaves us to our own devices and lets us make our own choices with no influence by him, what does he end up doing? It never, earn, it never ends out well. Right? Or you have, he's turned us, given us over to the wrath that's, that's going on. Or Paul says in Romans 3, no one seeks after God. There's no one who does what is good. So, all this to say, I'm setting myself up for a difficult problem to work my way out of. All this to say is, God is in control of everything, but he's also made it, and the Bible speaks abundantly, that even though God has the power and the will to do everything he acts, he wants to do, he still holds us responsible for the decisions we make. We make real, responsible decisions that we will be held account for. So God controls and runs everything and has made the world in such a way, and even though this is difficult to wrap our minds around, has made it in such a way that the free actions of men, they are held responsible for, and he gives them um, they are significant enough that the decisions we make, we will be responsible for an eternity for. So they're to be held together.
the power and will and sovereignty of God and the responsibility and free actions of men. Now, it's when we try to, um, we try to explain these things sometimes that gets us into trouble. You can err on the way that it's sheer determinism, or you can err on where ultimately man is the one in control and God isn't. So we have no option but to walk this tightrope that God is in control of all things, and yet we're responsible. And one of the things that we presuppose when God is all-powerful is that all of the faith we have in God's being able to work on our behalf is relying on the fact that God is all-powerful. And the very fact that we actually pray for other people to be saved, and we ask God to do things, assumes we recognize on our knees that God is in control of all things. You would never thank God for your salvation, and you would never pray for someone else to be saved if it was completely left up to the human will, as if the human will is detached from the sort of people we are. Let me just have a really quick read here of what happens with the church in Acts. The church in Acts, some of the apostles get arrested, they get in trouble, they're told not to preach, so persecutions start to break out. And this is the response of biblically thinking churches. <laughs> They got into trouble. It looks like it's going to get really hard for them. And how do they pray? First off, they pray like this, Sovereign Lord. <laughs> that is an amazing way to address God in prayer. Sovereign Lord who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why do the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you appointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. There is a group of people that knows who runs the world. And... When they look at the events of the world, they don't tremble in fear. They realize that God has made this and predestined this to happen. And so what do we do now? We are going to, oh Lord, give us the grace and the boldness to speak against this and do your will. Remember in Ephesians where Paul says, Jesus has been made head over all things for the good of the church. When we look in a world that looks like it's going crazy, um, we can be confident that as crazy as it looks, that our God is in control of everything and running everything for his purposes. So instead of trembling in fear, we should be popping the popcorn. We should be sitting there getting ready to watch what's about to happen because ultimately God is running all things for his glory and the good of the church. And so we can take confidence in the fact that our God is omnipotent.